Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Hey, welcome to the show. Today is Friday. It's free for all Friday. Yeah, it is. This is Tumpy Mac. Everything in between. It's crazy. Amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Yeah, we can. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live and die. So speak life. Do me a favor, share that out, okay, people? <clears throat> I feel like a DJ. <laughs> Don't know why. With the broken heart and Love, you speak. Mm-hmm. You speak lies. Oh, 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 oh. You speak lies. Oh, 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 oh. Spread the love like fire. Love people. Hope will fall like rain. When you speak life with the words you say. Raise your thoughts a little higher. I just don't know all the words to this song, so I'm not singing it. <laughs> just being honest. Look into the eyes of the broken hearted. And other days it doesn't. <laughs> there are some days you want to just punch people in the face, and there's other days when you're like, you want to hug the whole world. Especially if you're a woman in menopause. Just saying. (laughs) 
That was a joke. Randall's here. Don't worry. We're going to bring him on. Okay, anyway. Yeah, hey. it was... <sighs> uh, when you were talking, it uh, reminded me of uh, Viola Paris' song, Undivided Heart. Oh. Um, I don't think she would have been in menopause when she wrote that. But, you know, <laughs> I was talking about... Um, I'm sure Twilight Paris would be like, oh my gosh, the harps are talking about me being in menopause. Like, what the heck? Oh, because it sucks. Um, <laughs> you know, there have been days that I would die for you and days when I would not die to me. Mm-hmm. There are other times I embrace the world and like, um, um, I cry shall. for the something, the pain of the city, but then nights I'd cry only tears of self-pity. Mm. So, yeah. Well, anyway. We have divided hearts as human beings. This dog <laughs> wants to sit in my lap. Excuse me. Mr. wants to sit in Bearface's lap. Come on. That dog sits in his lap more than I ever do. Just saying. Anyway, if you <laughs> have joined us tonight, I want to say thank you for joining us. I totally appreciate it. You guys are the reason we do the show. Yeah, you are. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Okay, so we are, um, I've, you know what? I have had a hard week. I'm not going to lie. I know. It's been a hard week. You know what? There's so much going on, people, that you don't even know about. But what I will tell you is tonight's show is going to be hopefully a, um, you know, a, a show that will make you think, you know, um, because it's important to consider who you are and what you're doing right now in life. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it is very hard to be serious when certain things are happening and I'm trying to be serious people. All right. Anyway, so, <clears throat> so there is a time in, in life when, you know, you have to stand up for what you believe in. And I am one of those times. I am in one of those times where if, if, you, if you only knew the stand I am currently taking places in the world for the Lord and for what's right, then... All I can say is you would probably love me more because what I can tell you is there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Then that is not the word I want to use, but I was talking to somebody earlier tonight because the darkness in this world is rising up in greater ways than they have ever risen up and children of light and children of Christ and children of God, which are all the same thing, by the way, are the, are the are the ones that are going to expel the darkness from the world. And I know people who want to change the world by doing stupid stuff, right? They they want to change the world. They think that they're going to change the world because they think they're all that in a bag of chips. <clears throat> and I'm just going to say something: if you are doing anything outside the power of Christ. And not and and anything that does not glorify Jesus Christ, 
then you aren't changing the world. You're making it about you. And what I'm going to tell you is that Christians today need to really, 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 really stand up. I would tell you something I did yesterday. <clears throat> I was in a networking meeting locally, online, as I do everything. I'm always online, people, everywhere. <laughs> I'm online. And I'm in this meeting and, you know, you're supposed to give a one-minute presentation about why you're there and, you know, uh, usually I'm on there and I talk about Legal Shield because that's, you know, I, I sell Legal Shield. Yesterday I decided to talk a little bit about Legal Shield for like 10 seconds. And then the rest of the time I talked about Bible News Radio. And one of the things that I said was, you know, I was looking for people who wanted to give their testimony about their faith in Jesus Christ and how Jesus has changed their life. Because I knew a number of the people in that group are Christians and devout Christians. There's worship leaders. There's, I mean, there's devout believers in this, in this group. Not everybody, though. And I said, look, I am looking for people to come on my show and do a brief testimony of how Jesus has changed your life. And I want to have you share your testimony. And I said... If you are not a Christian, I want you to come and contact me so that you can learn about Jesus and, and become a Christian. And I was looking at everybody's face on the screen when I said that. And, and I, it was so many acts of faces of disbelief. Like, I can't believe she just said that. And, and then I said... If you're an atheist and you want to come in my show and debate me about your atheism, all are welcome. And a couple of people laughed, you know, like this nervous laugh, like, like, who the heck does this woman think she is? And you know what I thought to myself? I thought, you know who I am? I am the host of Bible News Radio, you know, and it cracks me up because I can go anywhere and I can talk about Legal Shield and people go, well, is that all you do? And I'll be like, well, now I host this little show called, called Bible News Radio. <laughs> and, and the next thing you know, that's all people want to talk to me about. So I thought, hmm, maybe God's doing something. Maybe God wants me to talk more about God than, than you know, Legal Shield. Not that, you know. That would be a big shock. Um, but anyway, so I share that because you got to understand that Christians today, so many believers today are petrified of sharing their beliefs because our culture has gotten very dark and our culture has gotten to the place where, you know, if you, you know, even epitomize, like, like if I say something like, Say, did you know that almost 28 years ago I got married to my husband? And can you believe he's the only guy I've ever been with? <gasps> can you believe, like, he's the only guy I ever slept with? And I waited. You know, can you believe the shock and the awe, the horror of it all? <laughs> and be like, <gasps> are you saying you were a virgin when you got married? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, weren't you? I mean, seriously, were you not a virgin when you got married? I mean, hello, that's the way it's supposed to be done, you know. But but today it's kind of like, well, you know, you're a weirdo. 
if you have morals and high integrity and you don't lie about stuff and you're not pursuing the almighty dollar as your God, because because believe me, I just looked at my profit and loss statement from last year for what we got for Bible News Radio the whole year. Um, anybody that ever wants to accuse Randall and me of doing this for the money needs to see that profit and loss statement. In fact, I'd be happy to show it to you, hold it up, you know, <clears throat> because we're not doing this for the money. Although we did recently become a nonprofit to help save us taxes because half of our tax, you know, just with once the taxes are taken out, it's going to be even less than it was. Um, but anyway, all that to say that, you know, I think God is moving on the hearts of, you know, his people and he's calling his people back to himself, his people, right? For the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to encourage you to be in God's word every single day because the research shows four days a week you read the Bible, your life looks completely different than the unbeliever or the believer that reads the Bible three days a week or less, you know, and that's just reading the Bible. It's not studying it. How can you be confident and grow in your faith if you have no idea what's in the book? Seriously. And I'm dead serious about that. How can you feel confident in your faith if you have no idea what's in the Bible? You can't, you know, and I know believers who think that just praying, it, you know, and talking about prayer is what makes them a Christian and it doesn't, you know, God, God's word says very clearly to pray without ceasing. Okay. He gives us lots of instructions about prayer. Jesus was very clear about how we should pray when he taught the prayer to his disciples, but he was even more clear and more, more ardently bold and exhortative about knowing God's word. And look, I've been a follower of Jesus for, I don't know, 35, six, seven, eight years, something like that. And I don't know God's word. Like if I died tonight and God was like, okay, Stacey Lynn, what, like, here's a pop quiz. What does Nahum, what is Nahum about? That one I would go, well, Lord, I think that's about the judgment of Nineveh after they repented about a hundred years in history. Am I correct? God might go. Yeah, I'll give you a good one. You got that. And But if the Lord said, what's in 2 Kings 17, you know, and what was Elisha's prayer about blah, 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 I'd be going, uh, don't know. Okay, what about Leviticus? Yeah, everybody's favorite book. Uh, what's Leviticus chapter 10 talk about? I'd be like, uh, okay, how about Psalm 23? I'll give you an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> all right god Ooh, i know the lord is my shepherd i shall not want right did i get it <laughs> i you know this is how i think and it's like okay well are you ready are you ready right we have a lying deceptive diabolical culture around us and people are being deceived about everything and they're being pulled and swayed away from God, right? It's your job if you're a follower of Christ to go out and make disciples. It's your job to know how to make a disciple. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to know how to make a disciple, right? 
But what's really sad is that so many people haven't even been discipled that they don't know how to make a disciple, right? And, and by the way, I have a Bible study every other Tuesday night where that's what I'm doing. I'm making disciples. I'm doing a Bible study. So if you want to join me, let me know. I'll let you come, okay? I'm just, it's just me. That's, you know, I mean, you just have to talk to me in live real time. I mean, it's not that scary, I don't think. But just let me know. You know, if you want to come, I let you come. Right now we're reading we're we're studying the book of Jude, which is a very cool book, by the way. But anyway, um so tonight we're going to play a video uh from Jonathan Kahn, we which are? I I thought we were. <laughs> so I sent it to you. Uh, I just thought you wanted me to watch it and weigh in on it. Oh. Well, do you want to play it or do you think oh, you can? Just weigh I mean, in we're on... talking like it's actually, 9 minutes. Yeah. 8 minutes and 40 some seconds. I highlighted it in my text to everybody. Oh, that we're going to play it? Yeah. Well, then we should play it. Yeah. We don't want to be deceptive. Mm. Don't want to be liars. Well, I so. just think it's it's good to to hear it. But, you know, maybe some of you haven't seen this message. I had a number of you send it to me. Um, actually, a couple of people sent it to me that I didn't, I would have never expected to send it to me, which is kind of interesting. Um, but it is important. But anyway, I want you, you, Randall, to weigh in on on stuff. And by the way, this is my hair. By the way, this is my real hair. Randall loves my hair when it's like fly away. Like this is how it looks. So just so you know, I didn't do anything to it like I normally do. This is what my hair looks like when I do nothing to it. <laughs> yeah, I know you like it, don't you? <clears throat> so Bareface, it's all yours. Oh, by the way, this is my Be Brave water glass. There's just water in this. I won this. I was the ladies of justice person and I won this. Be brave. And on, on the other side, it says ladies of justice. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> I guess Randall is not going to get on screen to talk about. No, I'm, I'm working on <laughs> getting the video. All right. So why he's doing that, I should say hi to a couple of you. There's Sean and Daryl. Hey, can you guys put in your ch in the chat for me where you're from, like where you what states and countries you're in, and those four of you that are watching on YouTube, can you like put a comment in so I know who you are and where you're at? And if there's anybody on Facebook, which I don't know if there is or not, because I have not logged in over there, I'm gonna go ahead and log in. Then you guys go ahead tell me who you are so I can say hi to you because I always want to do that. I don't ever want to like not say hi to anybody. And tomorrow night, I actually want to um, let you know, I have a great guest coming up tomorrow night. She is Maggie Wellam Rowe. Her husband is Mike Rowe. I don't know. I don't think it's the micro you're thinking about. But anyway, um, she wrote this book called This Life We Share. And if you're, you're in my Daily Disciples Facebook group, I read one of the chapters in there today. This is a devotional book, and it is so good. Um, you know, Maggie is almost 70 years old. This is her on the back cover right there. And don't worry, she wrote about it in her book, so she doesn't care that I just said how old she is, like some vain people do. Oh my gosh, don't tell me how old I am. Blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, she's going to be my guest tomorrow night, I think for part of the show. I don't think we're doing a whole hour. I think we're only doing half hour. But this is such a good book. If you guys, you, and you know, if I have a book on the show that I've read and, and everything, um, and I tell you it's a good book, then you know it's a good book. 
this is a great book. I want you to, to get this book because it's just so good. And it's thought provoking. It's, it's, it's really about life. Hey, Natasha. Um, and, um, so I'm going to talk to her tomorrow night. So come tomorrow night and watch my interview with Mag with Maggie. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, okay. So, uh, Natasha, put in where you're from, coming from. So Daryl is in Bernie, Texas. Yeah, I said it right, Daryl. You know, I have three friends that live in Bernie, Texas, if you can believe it. And, um, Chicago, Sean is in Chicago, Illinois. And, um, I don't know if anybody said anything on Facebook, on YouTube yet. I haven't seen anybody comment over on YouTube, but, um, or by, yeah. And then on Facebook, I don't know if anybody said anything on Facebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Natasha's in Rochester, Minnesota. That's awesome. And here we are in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Um, and wherever people are at, let's see here. I'm not sure. Mama Gina's here. She's in Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, you are. Arkansas. So, Mama Gina's in Arkansas. So, we got Texas, Illinois, Arkansas, Minnesota in the house with Tennessee. Yeah, we're in, I don't know if anybody's on Facebook. I don't see anybody over there, but um, Forest is in Forest, Texas. You're actually in Forest, Texas? I never even heard of Forest, Texas, but you're in Texas. That's awesome. Um, so we got, you know what, how many, six states here that we're all in. Isn't that neat how the Lord does that? He brings us all together. And, all right, nope, Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, and you ready, Bareface, with this video? Yep. Okay, so we're going to play this video and then let me know if you've already seen this video. If not, um, we're going to play it and hopefully you can, um, you know, you know, let us know what you think. Because I think this is, uh, I think it's, I think it's the Lord really using Jonathan Kahn and others to call people back. So. Your mic will stay live, just so you know. Huh? Your microphone will stay live, just so you know. Okay. All right, here we go. This is Jonathan Kahn. We are standing at a pivotal moment in American history and world history. A moment that can permanently seal our nation's course and the course of the world for good, for bad, for calamity, or redemption. America and much of Western civilization was founded on a biblical foundation stone, but it's turned away from that foundation. We have not only driven God out of our public life, and have called what is good evil and what is sin good. But we have sacrificed the lives of over 60 million unborn children. And America's fall from God is not only progressing, it's accelerating to the point that it's no longer just a falling away, but a war against the purposes of God. I wrote in the harbinger of the signs of judgment that appeared in the last days of ancient Israel, warning of calamity, and that these same signs of warning have now appeared on American soil. The biblical template concerning judgment is that the nation so warned is given a space of time to return or to head for judgment and calamity. 
We are now in that window of time. But if America continues on its present course, that window will come to an end. And there will come a flood that will begin the end of religious freedom, even usher in persecution, and seal America's fall. And if America falls, it will affect the entire world. This year, 2020, is crucial as it leads to a presidential election in which the stakes are higher and the necessity of prayer more critical than ever before. And even if the election goes in the direction of biblical values and righteousness, if we don't see a spiritual turning, an awakening, a repentance, revival, then all the political, legal, judicial, and cultural efforts will ultimately fail or be undone. We have a window of time, and the purpose of that window is to return and for revival. Without that return, America will be lost. What can we do? What can you do? In the days following 9-11, people flocked to houses of worship, and it looked as if there could have been a spiritual revival, an awakening. But it never came, because there was no repentance. And without repentance, Without a turning back, there can be no revival. But I have seen, once in my life, the hand of God change the course of American and world history. And it all began, not in the halls of government, but with the people of God who gathered in a sacred assembly in our nation's capital with the scripture, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sinful ways then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. It can happen again. But if we don't respond now, at this most critical moment, we may never have the chance to do so again. Since the time of 9-11, I've been calling for return, for repentance, for revival. Not only as individuals, but as a nation, according to 2 Chronicles 7.14. At the same time, a faithful man of God, Kevin Jessen, has for years carried the burden of a sacred assembly for that same purpose of restoration. We are convicted that now is the time. Therefore, this is the announcing of the return, the national and global day of prayer and repentance. It will be a day and more than a day, a time and a season for the movement for prayer, repentance, return, and revival. The central day will be Saturday, September 26th, in a sacred assembly, according to what is laid forth in Scripture, to take place in our nation's capital on the Washington Mall. For those who can't make it or want to do something where you are, then gather together in your states, your cities, in your towns, in your houses of worship, in your homes, or be part of those gatherings already planned. This will take place not only 40 days before the presidential election, but also on the 400th anniversary of the sailing of the Mayflower in the days of America's founding and dedication to God. And surrounding the day of return on September 26th will be 10 days known from ancient times as the 10 days of repentance, starting with the Feast of Trumpets and ending on the Day of Atonement to set as a special time to intensify our prayers, our intercessions for repentance and revival. September 18th to September 28th. Believers and leaders who are already part of the return include everybody from 
Pat Robertson to Dr. James Dobson from Billy Graham's daughter, Ann Graham Lotz, to Martin Luther King's niece, Alveda King, and many, many more. When does the return begin? Right now. How? With you and me as we commit this time and this year for return, prayer, repentance, and revival. To commit first to our own repentance and to begin actually living in revival. And then to pray for others, the return and revival of our nation and the world. You who are parents, begin by leading your families in revival. Ministers, lead your groups in revival. Pastors, lead your churches into revival. Leaders of ministries, movements, and denominations, lead your people into revival. And spread the word to everybody you can. Let the believers, pastors, and churches in your areas know. Use social media. Use everything you can to spread the word so they can have a part. And if you're watching this and you're not sure you know God or that your life is in his will, then come to him now or come back to him now. And then come join in in the return. So I invite you to come to the nation's capital on the Washington Mall. September 26th, 2020. Plan now. You can rent buses, trains, cars, planes, however you can come. Or gather wherever you are. And if you're watching this from a nation outside of America, you can be part of bringing the return to your nation by doing what I've set forth in this message and going to the return website for more information. I'll be sending out more messages as we go forth. But for now, for more information, to have a greater part, to represent the return in your area, or to stay up to date, if you're not already on that site, go to the website for The Return, which is easy to remember. It's thereturnwebsite.org. That's thereturnwebsite.org. The Lord is calling. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their sinful ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. The movement and chance we have before us now may never come again. If we don't return now, we may pass the point of no return. So now, in view of the calling and of the moment before us, let us each rise to that call to do what he has called us to do, to believe for great and mighty things we know not of, to return and seek to live in revival and become messengers of revival. It's time to break up our fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord as never before. It's time to return. So mark that date. So mark that date, September 26th, okay? And just so you know, because I was playing that video, Facebook just banned my video. <laughs> they just, they literally just banned my video during watching this. And I will, I will say- It wasn't because of this video, it was because of the- I, I don't, well, anyway. Well, I got the, the notes about the UMG. Oh, know, is that the, it? Yeah, because okay. of the, the music at the beginning. Well, the, the um well, I don't know. They'll probably, I just disputed it. 
But here's the thing. I actually had a couple of people forward me that video that we just watched. And they said, quick, watch this before it gets banned. So I'm sure it's banned someplace else. You know, Bible News Radio. That's what they banned. This show has been banned numerous times, people. Why do you suppose that is? Is it, Do you think because I'm a threat? <laughs> so not a threat. But anyway, back to Jonathan Kahn in this video. Um, <clears throat> I want to read you something. This came out today. This is from... Uh, and, and Okay, so there's, there's two thoughts, okay? So I have heard for years people quoting that verse, you know, 2 Chronicles 7.14, you know, the one that he was talking about, if my people hum, humble themselves, all that stuff, okay? So... <clears throat> I've heard people quote that National Day of Prayer, uh, everything. And you know what? It hasn't happened. God's people have not repented. They have not returned to him. And it just keeps getting worse and worse, right? So on the one hand, we have an unrepentant, pretty much church. Not everybody, but as a whole, right? On the other hand, we have bully government representatives who are trying to silence the church. And so I want to read you an, um, a press release that I got today from Liberty Council. It's titled, Bully Tactics Aim to Silence Churches. Listen to this. Power drunk governors and other state officials are resorting to bullying tactics to silence churches and houses of worship, including large world outreaches like Andrew Womack's. But there's good news in the battle against the tyranny that has emerged in the name of fighting COVID-19. Read on to learn more, Matt. And then it says here, this extraordinary, okay, that's not, that's not, that's, 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 that's something else. That's begging for money. Um, let's see. <clears throat> okay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Wait. No. Yeah, here it is. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it says here, evil rulers eager to destroy the liberating power of the gospel have taken citizens' property by force, issues fined and fees to financially break their opposition, and even starved or demolished entire populations to force others into submission. Throughout history, tyrants have targeted followers of God. Sadly, a contemporary group of bullies are using unconstitutional tactics against houses of worship and their communities right here in America. And Liberty Council is aggressively defending the victims of their oppression. Many of our current cases exemplify this new age of tyranny all too well. In Colorado, Pastor, 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 <laughs> you think it's easy doing this, don't you? No judgment, people. Pastor Andrew Womack runs one of the largest Christian ministries in the world, Andrew Womack Ministries International, AWMI for short. Womack's books have been translated into multiple languages. His television and radio programs are heard by millions around the world, and AWMI has brought the gospel to some of the most hostile places on earth. 
Yeah, the state of Colorado is trying to shut down Womack's Bible conferences. And while AWMI continues to work with local government to protect people, the demand by the state attorney general to shut down his meetings went too far. The Colorado county where AWMI is headquartered happens to have a special variance, essentially an exception from certain COVID restrictions. However, if Womack continues to follow his conscience and hold his events, the state of Colorado is likely to punish the entire county by revoking the county exemption. Such an action would put people out of work, throw the county back into a full shutdown, causing an economic catastrophe. In Illinois, we face a similar situation with with our clients, Elam Romanian Pentecostal Church and Logos Baptist Ministries. Both churches refuse to obey Governor J.B. Pritzker's illegal orders limiting church attendance to 10 people. Right? You heard about that, right, Sean, in Illinois? In retribution, Pritzker, along with Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, towed and impounded the cars cars of neighbors who live around the church, blocked the church parking lot, and even threatened to destroy the church buildings through summary abatement if just one more person set foot to the church's property. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom supports and encourages people chanting death to cops and singing songs of Marxist revolution but arrogantly commanded all California churches to stop singing or chanting about the Lord. That, this is a direct violation of scripture. And Virginia Governor Ralph Nordham established a hotline urging people to report fellow citizens who violate any of his draconian orders. Historically, unjust rulers have dispatched droving bands of vandals and instigators to beat, punish, and destroy the persons and property of citizens and churches alike. In Holly Springs, Mississippi, a small church was firebombed, leveling the sanctuary. Maybe you'll stay home now, was sprayed painted on the church parking lot. The use of bully tactics is finding new life in many of the Democrat-run cities and states of America. Thankfully, there are champions in our nation arising to defend the people and their churches. One of the most effective of these champions is the rule of law right now is you the faithful Liberty Council supporter. Okay, this is where you can go and give money to them. If you so desire, they get it. They get a lot of money though, just so you know, lots and lots of money. I personally would prefer you give it to me (laughs) so that we can pay our bills. Liberty Council doesn't need your help like we do. Anyway. um, But we don't, we can't defend anybody in court either. True, this is true, but they get millions of dollars in grant money and we don't. I think, you know, we could... Yeah, so this is our plea for money now. But maybe if we offered something. (laughs) Well, maybe once we have more money, we can offer something. (laughs) Mm, Catch 22. I have an idea. A bookmark. I'll make you a special bookmark if you donate money to us. (laughs) I actually had somebody tell me that. They, They actually said that I should create a... Um, you know, that I should create a bookmark and then you will give us a lot of money for me to give you a bookmark. And uh, apparently that's a good, good thing. So I'll send you a card if you give me money. How's that? Give Bible News Radio money. Anyway, my point in sharing this is that there is an onslaught of attacks against the church, right? And these attacks are bully tactics, 
Right, Bareface? So anyway, you weigh in, Bareface. Well, indeed. If it was if it was consistent, like was mentioned in California, but it's other places too, you can gather for a riot and a demonstration, you know, hundreds, thousands, no problem. That that's okay. <sighs> but don't you put more than ten people in a church building, that's putting them at risk. Right. Don't you be singing because that's gonna that's gonna, you know, transmit COVID. So there'll be no singing. In your congregations. No more than 10 people and no singing. Everybody has to stand, you know, at least six feet apart. But if you want to, if you want to take to the streets, lock arms, and say death to America, and topple statues and stuff like that, then power to you. You're good to go. Um, yeah. Something, something uh, rotten, I was going to say in Denmark, but I don't want to insult Denmark. Uh, we might actually have a viewer in Denmark. So something rotten here in the States. And going back to Jonathan Kahn's video, uh, you can look at Scripture all the way through. Going back well, to Genesis, I think of chapter 18, when when uh, Abraham is he's, he's kind of dealing with God about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, hey, would you spare it for 50 righteous? Yeah, it's per fifty. Well, you know, per adventure there's forty, and it gets down to to ten. You know, let let the Lord, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. But but just once more, suppose there are ten righteous there. You know, will you preserve the city? It says, for the sake of ten, I preserve the city. Were there more ten people in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? I bet there were. Oh yeah. But but God is not. Look at Nineveh. Look at. I mean, look at several, we could just go on through uh, history, in, outside of biblical history as well. God is not in, well, go back to the Garden of Eden. Um, God is not interested in preserving a place for the wicked. I mean, what's, what's the point? So, they, so wickedness can thrive? I mean, not happening. But uh, he will, God will preserve a place for... The righteous, and the righteous being not totally squeaky clean, but, you know, repentant. Those whose hearts are turned toward him, that he'll spare a place for that. So when Jonathan Kahn is talking about, you know, the return, it's not, it's not some esoteric, you know, some sort of cultish stuff. I mean, there's a long world history of, of not, it's not about... You know, when he talks about revival, he's not talking about converting the wicked. He's not talking about, you know, um, you know, a huge evangelistic you know, huge evangelistic effort. It's not about transforming society. That's not it. It's about the people who are called by His name, the people who identify themselves as as lovers of God or followers of Christ, that they get their lives consistent and straightened out right. and that um they repent of their sins and then that's that's where preservation of a place comes it's, it's not because we're transforming the culture i mean that can come as a byproduct of of you know repentance uh within the church uh, but but that's not the focus of you know, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and following. It's it's not it's not about 
cultural transformation is about the people who say that they believe, <laughs> believers, to yeah. act like believers. Can I can I share a story here? Um, yes, you, I'm sure you can. So how many of you guys know, and Randall, do you even know the name Jen Hatmaker? Jen Hatmaker, does she make hats? No. Probably comes from a family of hat makers, though. I mean, come on, a name like Hatmaker? Gotta be... Anybody out there, you know the name Jen Hatmaker? Do you? How many of you are heavily involved in the Christian world? Okay, so, well, good. Some of you don't know who she is, so that's good. <laughs> no, you don't know who she is. Okay. All right, so Jen Hatmaker um, is, or was, or still is, I guess she is, she is, she is a very popular Christian speaker, Bible teacher, I believe. Um, and she is somebody who, a couple years ago, decided to come out for the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender uh, lobby as a Christian. And what do you mean for? Like in support in of support sexual of anarchy? Yes, in yeah. support of it. And Jen Hatmaker got a lot of kickback from the conservative Christian uh, folk. Those people. Backlash. Yes, she got backlash. She did. She actually got a lot of backlash for it. And and now um, she is proudly progressive. And her daughter, Sydney, just came out as a, as a homosexual as well. So listen to this article. It's over on Harbinger's Daily. It says here... Uh, Ken Ham wrote this. In honor of so-called Pride Month, progressive Christian author Jen Hatmaker published an episode of her podcast featuring her daughter, Sydney, announcing that Sydney is a homosexual. Her family apparently has known for some time and decided that it was time to celebrate this with the world. Such an announcement should break the heart of Christians. The admission that this young woman has embraced a sinful identity will only bring hurt, brokenness, and pain as she rebels against her creator and his word. But also distressing is that her mother, a professing believer, has decided that this is good to be proud of and to celebrate. Really, this is Romans 132 coming to life. And if you don't know what Romans 132 is, I'm going to read it to you. Romans 132 says, Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to them who practice them. Now, I know if you read Romans chapter 1, you're supposed to cut out half of that. And you're supposed to just cut out all of Romans 1, actually. Just cut it, rip it out of your Bible tonight. Throw it away. <laughs> That's what the progressive Christianity wants you to do. They don't want it doesn't, you to... Well, at least it doesn't mean what it says. There, there are some great gymnastics we can do with the words to then yeah, not say clearly what they mean, but but at least they don't mean what they say to me. Go on. Anyway, the point is, is that Jen Hatmaker, who was at one time highly respected as a Christian leader, has now abdicated. Is that the right use of the word abdicate? Abdicate is surrender, give up, like... Yeah, to sin. And and basically saying, look, you know what? 
I knew my daughter was gay, so I am now going to embrace gay homosexuality or gay Christianity or whatever. Yeah. And, and say that it's acceptable. Why? Because the homosexual lobby in the Christian church, which, by the way, is doing a revoice conference, um, is trying to redefine sexuality, you know, in, in Satan's image. Right. And I know I've said this before, but if you're new and you've never heard me say this before, then let me just encourage you by saying it again. Oh, you're on YouTube now, Sean? Okay, yeah. Periscope seems to be acting up, but whatever. So, why does Satan hate you? He hates you because you're made in God's image. Satan doesn't hate your dog or your cat. You might hate your dog or cat, but, but Satan doesn't hate your animals. He doesn't hate your fish, your goldfish, your horse. He doesn't hate any of that. He only hates you. You're the only creation God ever made in his image. So he's going to do everything that he can to mar the image of God in you, right? And this is a sad thing because so many Christians are deceived into thinking that these sins are acceptable in God's eyes, but they're not. The Bible is so clear on different things. And, you know, I have to tell you, I was so encouraged uh, during one of my Bible studies recently when somebody told me, um, you know, they're like, I had no idea that was in there. I'm so glad you're showing me this. I'm like, you didn't, you didn't know, you didn't know that that was in there. No, I didn't know. I go, well, you know, and so the thing is, you as a more mature believer, you have knowledge that younger believers don't have. It's your job to point it out, to show it. That's why you got to know what's in the book. Okay. CNN, Don, Don Lemon, who is a homosexual, by the way. He said Jesus Christ admittedly was not perfect. Listen, uh, to, this, listen to this. This was July 9th, 2020. Like he admitted to not being perfect? So what it says, well, CNN host Don Lemon said Monday that Jesus Christ admittedly was not perfect. When discussing the removal of public monuments with CNN host Chris Cuomo. But here's the thing. Jesus Christ, if you believe, if that's what you believe in, Jesus Christ admittedly was not perfect when he was here on this earth. Lemon and Cuomo were discussing the recent push to take down statues and monuments, especially those dedicated to the Confederacy. However, statues of founding fathers, abolitionists, and religious figures have also been taken down without any pushback from Democratic politicians. Lemon argued that those who are concerned with taking down historic figures or those who are concerned that there is no end point should stop deifying the founders. So why are we deifying the founders of this country, many of whom owned slaves? And in the Constitution, the original one, they didn't want. They put slavery in there, and slavery, slavery should be abolished because it was the way the king wanted. Lemon said that despite the Founding Fathers creating a Constitution and a blueprint for the country, they should not be excluded from conversations on taking down monuments. By the way, just a, just a little note here. Did you know that John Adams never owned a slave? Our second president. Did you know that? Just that's a and, and I thing. and I would like to know where slavery is in the U.S. Constitution. Mm. Well, there's that part in there about the you know the three fifths law where a black person wasn't even considered a human being. 
do you, there there are notes and you know, they took notes the constitutional convention you know there are minutes kept because it was like i don't know if they called it robert's rules of order then but what it was that whole three-fifths thing was um um a large contingent of the constitutional convention was looking to abolish slavery and and there were some a handful of plantation owners in the south but very wealthy you know who wanted you know that that was their economic strength was the slave labor and so you know, they got when it got into representation of in the house of representatives you have this sort of many pop this population that you know you get this much representation in congress and it's like okay so the plantation owner said okay well we've got all these black folk you know that's our population so we'd have this you know we should have this sort of representation in congress and it's like well do they have the right to vote no well you you can't have your cake and eat it too you're going to deny these people a vote but then you're going to say the count for population for representation in the government how can that be and and basically plantation owners said fine we're walking forget this forget this new constitution and this government we're we're out of here and so it was a great compromise to hold it together long enough they made this compromise okay well we'll count three-fifths you know of, of a person of your population because you're not counting them as they're not voting citizens you're not going to allow them to vote but you want to count them population and that was just to get those those uh, wealthy plantation owners to stand board their estates that they were presented to um, again to hold to hold the newly fledged newly fledged nation together anyway it was it, it wasn't this oh, black people are nothing let's just say they're three-fifths of a person it was it was that compromise to hold things together. It was was a good compromise? No, but you know it was, it was a mixed bag of stuff. But it wasn't an attempt to dehumanize. It was anyway. Anyway, let me finish this article. I'm so, sorry. So it says here they are not perfect. This is referring to the founders, unless you forgot what we were talking about before. Randall gave so, you that lesson. Yeah. Uh, they're not perfect. We have to stop deifying them and saying, yes, they did some great things and they created a constitution and, you know, a blueprint for us that wasn't perfect at the time. And that's good, but they weren't perfect either. And so as Americans, all of us should come together and have these conversations and get together and stop letting someone divide us. No one is perfect. Nothing is perfect. Not even the founding fathers. Lemon sought to compare Jesus Christ with the founders of this country Despite the fact that Jesus Christ, who is both a historical and religious figure, is divine and perfect in his nature. This is according to the Catholic Church, along with the majority of Christian denominations, who told that who hold that Jesus Christ is perfect, the second person of the Holy Trinity, and true God and true man. Lemon also claimed Jesus was admittedly not perfect, implying that Jesus himself said he was not perfect. Anyway, it goes on. And ends with some Catholic thoughts. But the point is that Jesus is perfect. And to have a knucklehead like Don Lemon say that he isn't perfect tells you that he's a butthead. 
Yeah, he is. I'd like him to point to chapter and verse where... Well, but see, here's the thing. You get a lot of buttheads like Don Lemon going there bashing Jesus and saying that he isn't perfect and all this other stuff. And then you got a lot of people who believe Don Lemon, the butthead, you know, who are saying that Jesus isn't perfect. Hey, Don Lemon, you're a butthead for not believing Jesus is perfect. And you know what? You're saying my God isn't perfect, which means you are a butthead. Just saying. Right? Do I get an amen? Hmm? Yeah, okay. <sighs> I'm tired, people. Just so you know. Ah, uh, okay. So, <laughs> sure, now Randall doesn't want to say anything. Okay, so, uh, Randall and me had dinner right before this. <laughs> I think my, I think my, my blood sugar is like crashing because I want to go take a nap. All right, um. Oh, good. Sean gave me an amen. I can always count on Sean. That's nice. All right. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Now on to the mask wars. Just out of curiosity, seeing some of you are still here live, we'll end the show this way. How many of you right now in the county that you live in are mandated to wear masks? Just curious. I would like to know. Like, put a one if you're mandated. No, no, don't put a one. Put the letter M if you're mandated. And put no if you're not. That way I know. Everybody answer. There's like 10 of you in here, right? So you can you can all answer. I want to know why. Because I got this article here. Um, it says here, Colorado town threatens a year in jail for residents who <laughs> refuse to wear masks. <laughs> here in Tennessee they're they're threatening to throw you in jail for a month and give you a $50 fine okay um, it says here so but I'm, I'm not even going to read the article because this is ridiculous okay so so you so you guys are okay so it's and you guys are okay so pretty much everybody is I went and played pickleball today okay so I live in Murray County, which says, no, you don't have to wear masks. We have a smart mayor. Woo, woo. Shout out to my mayor or in the city of Murray County. County. That's the what county I County of Murray County. That's what I said. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to our smart mayor. Because there's, there's not very many COVID cases in this county. So why should we have to wear masks? But I crossed the street. To go play pickleball, I got to wear a stupid mask. So he, this is the funny part. So we have to wear a mask going into the pickleball facility. We have to walk down the hall to the gym. And then we could take our mask off and play pickleball. And then we're hotter than heck after we're done playing pickleball. And we have to put the mask on to walk through the stupid hallway to go outdoors. Yeah. stupid <laughs> i mean it's just completely stupid but these people are like you're gonna get a year in jail in colorado if you do not wear a mask so my question is how many people like like if you end up in jail and this is a serious question if you're in jail because you didn't wear a mask outside of jail are they gonna make you wear a mask in jail isn't it kind of like you're in prison anyway if you're actually wearing a mask you're being forced to wear a stupid mask 
How many? How many of you? You think this is? How many of you? Think it might just be a little bit of an overstatement. How many, Wearing a mask is like being in prison. You, you should it ask. Is. You should ask people in prison if it's just like wearing a mask. They're like, yes, but I'd, I'd, I'd rather be in prison than wear a mask all day. I'd rather be here in solitary confinement than wear a mask. I don't think you'll get any of that. Okay, people that are actually you, in prison. But do you have to wear a mask if you're in jail? That's my question. I don't know. Get arrested. Find out. <laughs> but, One of us is going to end up arrested at some point. I mean, yeah, this, but, is, this is like... But, but to equate it like to, to being in prison... I, I think feel that's... like they're putting all of us in bondage, okay? I feel like wearing a mask is the equivalent of wearing one of those things Muslim women wear. They have to cover their head and cover their face. Yeah, that thing. You know? It's like, look, the only time you're supposed to wear a mask is on Halloween. You know, <laughs> this is so stupid. Like, or like this year, wait, surgery. let's, let's, let's like fast forward to October 31st. What do you think the prevailing costume is going to be? <laughs> Maskless people. <laughs> or will it be people wearing like, I mean, face masks over their it's like, face masks. It's like, no. You know what? I'm going as a rebellious against the state person. I'm not wearing a mask for Halloween. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, Mama Gina. She says face paint and makeup. <laughs> there you go. So true. Hey, that's an idea. What if we face painted a mask on that looked like a mask, but it really wasn't a mask? Hmm? It wouldn't take long to figure out that it wasn't a mask. Yeah, I know. But, you know, it would be funny. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. I read someplace today that we had like, let's see, they, they took you out of church. Walmart will not let you in the shop there if you don't wear a mask. You know, they took your kids out of school. <laughs> they told you you can't go to the park. You can't go to baseball games or any sporting events. <laughs> They told you you can't play pickleball unless you call certain people up and beg them to play with you. <laughs> you can do, go to riot, though. That, that didn't take... The only thing you could do in America now is complain about what you can't do. And, and riot about to, it. But you have to wear a mask to do it. Or you could wear a nose mask with a flap over your mouth. <laughs> it's true. Uh mustache yeah well you know we live you know i seriously want you to consider what jonathan khan said and dr and, and <clears throat> jd farag pastor jd farag if you guys are not watching his prophecy news update every week you need to watch it he is documenting stuff and and painting a very scary picture of stuff and this is one of the things he said recently in one of his prophecy updates and I, I need to call him and see if I can get him on the show. I'd really like to get him on the show. Um, he was talking about the idea of vaccination, okay? They, they're basically saying they're going to keep the country shut down until they can get a vaccine, right? Okay, so let's just say, for fun, just let's wildly speculate. What if that was really the end game? Bill Gates and the World Health Federation and all these evildoers who are out there flaunting their evilness. What if the end game is they really do want to vaccinate all of you? But if you're like me, 
you don't want a vaccination. I have not had a shot since I was a baby. Okay. And I am not going to get some weird thingy shot into me because somebody's going to mandate me that if I can't do anything, you know, you know, I mean, what's the, if it comes to that, seriously, what are you going to do? People. Then what if it comes to, you know, them basically trying to mandate everything? What if you don't want to do all this stuff and they won't let you go shop for food? What are you going to do? Hmm? We are on the cusp of a communist, socialist, one world government bringing America down. And I believe this. I totally believe it. I have no doubt whatsoever. I have no doubt whatsoever about it. Zero doubt. The painting is on the wall. The fingerprint is there, just like in Daniel's day, when God wrote all that stuff on the wall and scared the heck out of Daniel, who was like going, ah. well, no, not Daniel. it was Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Something like that. I'm sure he could say it better because, you know. But I have better hair. So, you know, just blame it on the hair, people. Anyway, what are your thoughts, Bareface? On what? <laughs> what do you your mean? Your hair? On... Yeah. What do you think of my hair? You like my hair? I do. But one part is calmed down now. And... Yeah. And it's good. Um. <sighs> Yeah, I yeah, we are in a place where the uh in the name of progressivism, I mean, we are on that, you know, on the well, we're on that cusp. I mean, we're, you know, at the tipping point where as you were just uh reading about um you know that article about the discussion on whatever on CNN or whatever it was. I mean, there there is a lot of support for this idea of erasing our history. Can I mean, I, that, that's been going on anyway. Can I just answer one question that came up? Sure. So, what was written on the wall? It was many, or I'm not sure. I can't probably can't say many, many. Tekel Parson. Parson, yeah. Which and interprets them for the king, which means God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. And you have been weighed and found wanting. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. So let's just say it's what, you know, the handwriting is on the wall for America. It could be the same thing. Yeah, the the whole context. Yeah. The, yeah. The, just this phrase about being weighed and found wanting. And so Daniel gave the interpretation of what that means. Been weighed and found wanting, coming up short, basically. And remember, Daniel was put to the test, right? In Babylon, I mean, you go read through the book of Daniel, that was what some man of faith. And what God did with Daniel was amazing because he lived to a very old, old age. He was very old when he died. And he was in a fiery furnace. He was... Um, he wasn't in a fiery furnace. Daniel didn't go into a fiery furnace? No. He, he didn't? No, he didn't. Who did? Uh, that was... Adrak, Meshach, uh, and Abednego? Yeah. I thought Daniel sure, was in Ryan. there, too. No. Are you sure? I'm positive. Huh. 
Go okay. back and read. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into a fiery furnace, but Daniel didn't? Correct. And then there was another guy in there that was the Lord. Yeah. Daniel was One with like the it. lions. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sean. Sean's always got my back. Yeah, he does. All right. Anyway, go on. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're at a place where <clears throat> there is a lot of support for erasing this nation's history, <sighs> for those kinds of things where things that were kind of in the wings before and kind of on the fringe have become center. <clears throat> you know, uh, center. What was what was far left is now center. And, and you know, the right is getting pushed away to, um, <laughs> like, near to getting pushed off a cliff, basically, um, with, with um, you know, by powers and principalities uh, in earthly places as well as heavenly places. So, yeah, it's, it's, and you're thinking, well, you know, all through the ages, people have been saying this stuff that... You know, this is the most important election, and you know, of all time, and you know, the things are you know really at the brink. But I mean, hmm. well, they were at the time because they were, um, you know, the what was, um, you know, for the. I'm trying to think of a better word than conservative. Conservative has a has an added connotation to it, you know, like this political thing. Um, but being conservative and looking to conserve the things that are, you know, truth, justice, you know, righteousness, those kinds of things, um, have always, you know, we've always had things like goody two-shoes, you know, and people poking at the righteous and people that want to uphold morals and I'm truth. a goody two-shoes person. Yeah, I am. But now it's rather than those being the few voices, it seems like there are a large number of voices that are just saying, "Get rid of you know these these right wing nut jobs and religious delusional people and and it's time to do something completely new, erase our history, get rid of this you know judeo christian um you know, fairy tale foundations, um, build something that's really for the people. You know, the imagine there's no heaven and no hell. <laughs> John Lennon. October 9th was when he was born. Really? Yeah, he was born on my birthday. Or um, I was born on his birthday. Yeah, same day. Mm -hmm. Different year. Columbus Day observed in Canada. Yeah. Anyway, so. Or America. America? No. It's Canada. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that whole thing that, um, yeah, it's it's just gotten worse and worse. And I'm with Jonathan Jonathan Kahn. There is this window that we have. And you know what? Um, yeah. I was just gonna say, you know, in my history of doing this show, I have never used fear mongering tactics to say. The world is going to end if Obama becomes president. I've never said stuff like that, okay? But I remember very, very clearly, I'll never forget this. This was on election night, the night that President Obama became the president. 
Janet Parshall sent me a, an email that night because we were both watching it live. And I don't know. I don't even know if I still have it. But it was basically like, okay, here, here it comes. Here's, you know, God's judgment is starting right now. I mean, 9-11 had already happened, and but, you know, this is, this is going to be the decline. If you don't think President Barack Hussein Obama created any problems in our culture and our, our government, you're wrong. He did. And what I could say is that under Obama, there was more Muslims put into our government than you know, because they're not talking about it, right? And... Um, Trump, nobody thought he would beat Hillary, right? Who apparently is on trial right now and nobody's talking about her being on trial. I found this out yesterday. I didn't know Mm. myself, but apparently Hillary Clinton is on trial, but it's not being talked about, but she is currently on trial. Wouldn't want to be on that jury. Okay. So, um, President Trump, I believe... from what little I can see, has done the most good for the church and Israel. In a long time. Most good in many decades. The Democrats have not even put forth their candidate yet. Have you noticed this? It's July, August, September, October, November. we got four months, people. Normally, in an election year, we have five gazillion million, you know, debates going on, and there's 20 candidates on the opposing side, and they're all trying to weed everybody out. People want Bernie in. People want whoever, blah, blah. That that suggests to me that they're planning on not having an election. Just saying. Well, and you know what? They may or may not. And Biden doesn't have not a chance. He doesn't. Joe Biden's a... He has no chance. Well, neither did Trump. Well... Okay, well, anyway, so the point is, I am getting back to my point. My point is, I've never been one of these people to say, you know what, you guys, this this is the most important election in the history of the world. No, I've never said that. But what I am going to tell you is that I don't think it's going to matter who's going to be in office if God's judgment continues to hammer down our country because we are under God's judgment right now in our country. And I, I am not saying that because I'm, like, trying to be, like, Oh, I'm so great. No, God is judging our country. God is judging our country today. You are, this country is under God's judgment. We went from a free country being able to worship freely to a state-run church in a few months. And God is judging our country. So I think that this is a very serious election coming up. And God can raise kings or he can lower them. You know, he turns the heart of the king and, you know, Trump isn't our king. But you know what I mean. It's the, it's the idea, right? We have never seen in the history of our country what we have all been going through in Insanity 2020. Okay. I mean, if, somebody, if I have to hear COVID-19, mask, social distancing, any of that stuff every day, it's like, ugh. You know, it's like we could write a brand new dictionary for 2020, right? But honestly, with what's happened to the church, just the church in 2020, if you don't think God is judging our country, then I'm going to exhort you to consider that he is. And we need to be prayerful. We need to repent. 
And we need to be calling people to salvation in Christ because I really believe the rapture is imminent and, and it could happen anytime. And if it doesn't happen, like super fast, what I will tell you is that persecution will come to this country in greater measure than it has ever come. And I've been talking about that for a long time. If, if just as, just for sake of discussion, if Pastor Jack Hibbs in California, who's defied the government's orders, okay, Governor Newsom's orders, if, if Jack Hibbs gets arrested because he allowed his church to sing, that's going to tell you a lot. And that's going to embolden, when that happens, that's going to embolden every other wicked governor in our country to go in and start arresting uh, pastors. I was talking to a good friend of mine last night, family member really, um, and one of the things that they told me was they didn't believe, they couldn't believe how their pastor compromised on something so basic because they wanted to obey the government. Well, I'll tell you what, it's happening. And it's a hard, hard, hard position to be in. And I think God is, is you know, his people are going to be driven out and they're under into an underground church in America. And I will tell you, I'm going to be more bold than I ever was. You know, like I shared with you at the beginning of the show, I'm calling people to salvation during a networking meeting. <laughs> you know, and I had this great inner, I had this great, um, uh, conversation this week with a guy I networked with. He, he said he was going to tune into the show, so I hope he does. But, you know, one of the things, you know, he shared with me is his, he's a spiritual guy. Okay, great. I challenged him to read the Bible, to consider the, consider the historicity of what the Bible is. Look at the history, try to disprove it. Look at this book, evidence that demands a verdict. You know, I've had opportunity upon opportunity to talk about Jesus and Christianity and all that with people. I don't know where they're at spiritually, but they asked me and I'm like, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Am I perfect? If you're going to look at me as the perfect Christian, which thank God you don't, but just saying, if you were, you're going to be, you know, so sad because <laughs> I am not the perfect believer, but what I am is a confident one. And I know what I believe and I know why I believe it. And we're going to have to, you know, if we're going to be called before governors and all that, then we need to be able to give a reason for the hope that resides within us with confidence, you know, and conviction and gentleness and respect. And it's going to happen. We're all going to get that opportunity at some point. And don't ever forget where God's word says, you know what? If you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. Jesus can do the same thing. You know, my pastor said something this week in, uh, in our midweek Bible study that he did that I thought was so, so powerful. And I'll end the show this way. He said this. He said, he said that when the devil tempts you, he, he tempts you in order to bring out the worst in you, right? And temptation is that lure to get you to sin. You know, hey, do some cocaine. Why? Oh, because it's going to make you feel good, you know? And then next thing you know, boom, you're, you're done. You're, you're toast. You're, you become the epitome of, of a drug addict and, you know, your nose is bleeding and stuff, you know? And the devil tempts you to bring out the, 
the worst in you. But God tests you. T-E-S-T-S. He tests you. He, he tests you. I can't say the word very well. But you know what I'm saying. That's why I spelled it. T-E-S-T-S. God tests you to bring out the best in you. Don't ever forget that. God does not tempt you and he can't. He, he is not able to do that. But he will allow you to go through testing and trials and suffering. But it's for your good to bring out the best in you, to refine you, you know. And that's what we're going through. We're, do, we're going through it probably in increments as believers individually. But as a country, that's where we're at, I think. Right. So I want to encourage you to do a couple of things. Find a prayer partner, somebody you can trust, somebody that you can be honest with, you know, with who you really are, the things that you're struggling with and and be accountable to them and pray with them and be faithful. Number two, get in God's word every single day. I don't care if it's two minutes. Open God's word. Read it. I'm telling you what I'm think what I'm reading every week, you know, every day. And I'm trying to do a daily accountability thing in our daily disciples group. That's why it's called daily disciples because it's every day, not like once a week or twice a week. It's daily, daily disciples. Okay. So number three, um, if you're blessed by our show, I would ask you to donate to our show. You can go over to biblenewsradio.com forward slash give and donate whatever God lays on your heart. I don't care. I'm not going to say if you donate $5 million to me today, you're going to get 10 million back. That's not who I am, but God knows our needs and God continues to provide. Um, but, you know, look, we, we could use the income because we lost our sponsor and that was most of our income. Uh, last year, uh, outside of our sponsor, we had $3,000 given to us in donations last year. Okay. And that's basically what we had last year is $3,000. Okay. So we're not making a lot of money. So that's how I'll end the show. And, of course, I'll always end the show by saying, be bold, stand up, and go with God. Because he loves you. And when you're bold, people will notice and they will come to you because there's a lot of people who are freaking out right now. But you know what? God can use you if you allow him to. And you just trust him and believe in him. Allow him to show you who he is. Because I tell you what, he is. He's showing himself to his, to his kids and he's going to do great things, but it might just not be in a uh, situation that, that you expect. So with that, I'll say good night. Tomorrow night, again, my friend Maggie Rowe, she's going to be on the show talking about this book, This Life We Share. Great book. I already know a couple of people or at least one person in my Daily Disciples group said they ordered the book because of my video I put in there. I encourage you to do that, but we're going to talk to her tomorrow. Uh, so come back tomorrow at 7 o'clock Central Time, all right? Thanks for tuning in tonight, people. I appreciate it.